Anyway, great to, uh, great to see you. Uh, and this is, we are doing, during the summer, we focus on our aims as Numa Church. And we just spend a week on each little bank of aims. Do, do we have them that come up? Can they come up? I don't know whether they do. Don't worry if they don't. Worry if they don't. It's not a problem. Um, and we have an aims card, which I really should have brought up with me. Is there one here? Oh, there you go. Oh, thank you very much. Look at that. They're so efficient. There we go. That is our aims card. Hopefully you've seen one of those. Hopefully you've digested one of those, uh, maybe even at home on your fridge or under your pillow, wherever you choose to keep it. Um, and they are the aims that, as a church, we, uh, we go after. And today, we are looking at the top right-hand corner, which is improving health and well-being. Who here would like to have better health and well-being? Oh, some people aren't bothered. That's okay. That, that's good. <laughs> that's good honesty. Um, and we have two people who have been invited to join us, uh, who you may well know. The first is Vicky Tatton. Um, Thanks, Vicky. Uh, that was her husband for the benefit of the podcast. <laughs> and Stephen, let's see. Oh, is Elsa here? No. Oh, we're going to have to cheer on Elsa's behalf. And Stephen Fouchet. Woo! <laughs> um, so, for most people will know probably, or at least have seen you around if they're part of uh, part of this family. But um, Vicky, can you just say a few words of who you are and what you do? Uh, who I am and what I do are very different. So yeah, I'm Vicky Tatton, uh, married to Chris. I was born and grew up in Ashford. I'm oh, sorry, I'm definitely swinging in the chair already. That's okay. I wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> uh, I was born and grew up in Ashford, moved away a bit. Jesus brought us back here nine years ago now. Wow. Um, and it has been an adventure. So uh, in terms of what I do, I am a social worker, an experienced social worker. I work for adult social services in Ashford. Um, and honestly, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm not going to pretend that I'm leaping out of bed every single morning like, yay, I get to go to work. But actually, when, when I think about it, I, I am like that. I am really privileged that I get to do the job that I do, meet the people that I do. And um, God has been amazingly gracious. I spent nearly 10 years in the police force before I realized that actually God was calling me to be a social worker. Um, and I've been really privileged to have the opportunity to go to pursue that. So that's me. Brilliant. Thank you. Stephen? Right. Stephen Fisher, married to Elsa, got three Never kids. Steve. No, oh, you're no. never Steve. Yeah, you're always Steve. I think that. my mother would insist on Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen it is. Yeah, so married, uh, got three kids. Um, one here, my son's in West uh, High Wycombe. And I've got two daughters back in South Africa. One's a doctor, one's a teacher. In fact, just left a teaching to um, spend more time in doing the Lord's work. So she's in that transition at the moment, so we're excited about that. And um, my son is also a teacher, married to a teacher. Um, Elsa's a music teacher at home, so we run a, a business from home, which is lovely. I'm a chaplain at the hospital at William Harvey, and been doing that for three years now. And part of the fact that in the 37 years I've been in the ministry, um, running various churches, etc., and part-time doing that as a charismatic pastor in the last five years before I came here to um, England, um, doing lots of chaplaincy work. I've done army, uh, I've done hospital, school, and prison, and police. So those are different ministries I did. So 
love chaplaincy. For me, it's um, not so much taking the church to the people. It's taking Christ to the people. Because for me, it's not about church. It's about a relationship with Jesus. Come on. I was just about to ask you, what is chaplaincy? But you've just told us. (laughs) Taking Christ to the people. That's brilliant. Um, So if we can just have the slide back up, uh, gentlemen, please. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Um, you'll see on the screen that it says improving health and well-being. And under that, we have these two what we call sub-aims, because we couldn't think of a better word, uh, reducing symptoms of illness and creating spaces where people feel they can belong and can contribute. So, Vicky, coming to you first, why are we trying to create spaces where people feel they can belong and contribute? Um, that is a very good question. And I think when I was thinking about this and thinking about the aims and... Because initially when you kind of get asked to do these panels, I'm like, yes, I get to chat about social work for ages. Like, I could talk to you about that for, for you know, however long you wanted. But actually, it's not, it's not about the job. It's not about what I'm doing. And um, in, ter- in terms of why we need a place to feel like we contrib- can contribute, that is about people's identity and about people knowing who they are, why they're here, what they're doing, what the purpose of that is. Um, And I believe that absolutely is rooted in how you understand yourself in relation to Jesus. Um, And so I was thinking about this and how, you know, I I get up every morning, I go to work, and I know that I'm contributing something to other people, but also... I personally am in a space where I am able to contribute and part of my role is to draw that out of other people. Um, I, I was in a, a meeting the other week um, with, some, with a family and we were talking about the, the young person that I was working with and I was saying, but what, what, does, what does he want? Like, what does he want to see? What's a goal here? And I picked out some different things, and uh, one member of the family said, sorry, super vague, because I live and work in Ashford, right? So uh, I can't give you any more details. Don't come up to me afterwards and ask. But uh, one member of the family said, no one's ever thought about it like that. And that's my role. Jesus has sent me here to do this job to figure out how people get to feel like they are part of something. Um, In this instance, it was about eating birthday cake. It's quite a long, complicated story, but actually this young lad has not eaten a birthday cake in 24 years, and he's 27 years old. And that's tiny, but massive, because actually even on his birthday every year, he doesn't feel like he's part of it, because everybody else eats the cake and he doesn't. Um, And I am absolutely believing Jesus that at some point this year, when the birthday comes round again, he will eat the cake. Because, and so I think that's where it's important that we have those spaces where we belong, where we can contribute, because that enables you to draw that out of somebody else. I don't know if that answered the question. It's it's a great <laughs> it's a it, it's a great thing. People uh, contributing. What was why why do people need? You can belong to something. Why why within that belonging space is. What happens when we contribute? Why does that matter? Um, uh, There is a sense of purpose. Now, this is not about doing. 
Like, that is really, really important. This mm. is not about doing and ticking off the list and great, and if I do loads of good stuff and I help people feel good about themselves, then I'll get yep. to heaven. Um, it's about people knowing their purpose and their wholehearted identity with Jesus. Um, I feel really, really privileged that actually I have been a, like, I absolutely know that Jesus sent me here to be a social worker. It took me quite a long time and a few, like, swerves and, like, 10 years in the police force and whatever to get there, but I got there eventually, and so there is an ease about what I do yeah. where it doesn't feel like I'm doing, and, and that, I think, only comes from Jesus, and... So to pursue your identity and know who you are in Jesus, like Jesus didn't just create me to be a social worker. That is not the only strand of my identity. But that is in knowing who I am as a daughter of Jesus and knowing the skills that I have, that then puts me in a place to do that. I was actually reminded of what Ryan said last week. If you haven't listened back to that one, it's brilliant. And he said about... He doesn't have to be the perfect father. He was talking about family last week. He doesn't have to be the perfect father because Jesus is. So he's like a caretaker. He has to do everything he can to invest in his family. Absolutely. But it's up to Jesus. And, and I was like, yes. And that's how I feel about social work. Like I, I do everything I can to caretake my role, to invest in the people that I'm working with. I go above and beyond as much as I can to invest in those people. But actually, Jesus is the perfect social worker. Like, this stuff only happens. The birthday cake's only going to happen if Jesus steps in. Because honestly, I can't do it. I can't, like, I've got nothing, no control over speech and language and, like, dietary needs and all of that stuff. Like, that's only, that's only Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so, but that comes back to me having a knowledge and understanding of who Jesus has created me to be. And being able to walk in that, that doesn't mean that I've got it totally nailed. Let's be really clear about that. <laughs> um, and always learning. But actually, there's a, a reassurance and a peace about that, that I can show up at work every day. I can do what I can. And then it's up to Jesus. And, and that comes back to, to knowing who I am and understanding my calling. Brilliant. And Stephen, I would say that you also feel like a round peg in a round hole for how you speak about the work you do. But just shifting slightly in that one of the things we want to see is a reduction in symptoms of illness. Mm. Um, I remember we originally worded it like this um, because what people often in a church context would say is, well, isn't that healing? You're like, yeah, but that, it can just be complicated at times. So we say, well, basically, we want a reduction in symptoms to zero ideally <laughs> so you work in a context where I'm guessing pretty much everyone that you encounter wants a reduction in symptoms so what is what is God's view on all that I think for me as a hospital chaplain and particularly just being a Christian for the last 44 years is that I just believe that God wants us to be the biggest best most beautiful me that we can be for him and he just loves us beyond distraction. He just really, really runs after us. But with the objective in mind that at the end of the day, we run after him. <laughs> so it's initially running after us because he loves us. And we normally wayward sheep heading off in all kinds of crazy directions. But um, the Lord loves us also too much to leave us as we are. In a sense that once he gets hold of us and he's the good shepherd and he's taking care of us sometimes literally carrying us on his shoulders, 
we all know the beautiful um, that footsteps in the sand and when there's only one set of footprints, it's Christ carrying you. It's, it's just so true that, that for me, Christ has done that for 44 years in my life. And if I have even the smallest role and privilege of any encouraging people to get onto that journey as well and experience just something of what I've experienced of the Lord or preferably more, then you're just not going to want to move away from him. Jesus is just fantastic. To follow him is the most incredible privilege to carry on being positioned for blessing because you stay under his umbrella. So you're a prodigal son or daughter who's come home and then jolly well stay home. Learn not to go on any more prodigal journeys and then try not to become the older son either in the process. So for me, that's a lot about it. It's just um, staying healthy in every respect, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, God has blessed us, Els and I and my kids, in so many beautiful ways. I, I could keep you, like Vicky said, I, we could write volumes of books and we could speak for hours of the goodness of God. Why, in God's name, would you not want to be in that place and then stay in that place? So during um, our time of sabbatical, I had a number of conversations with God, um, as you can imagine. And one of the key ones was, I felt God asked me, what is the one main thing that you would need changed for you to have a better relationship with me? Right. So you, you too may absorb this question for yourself. What is the one thing that God says, I'll, I'll do that for you? We'll, we'll get this thing sorted and that, and that will help you. I don't know what that is for you. you don't call them out. So I said to God, oh, oh, I know that answer straight away. I said, I need to get better sleep. So you'd think it would be a super spiritual answer, but for me at least, the answer is sleep. When I don't sleep well, I don't have a good perspective on things. My judgment is impaired. I don't feel as connected to God. I don't feel like I can be bothered. You have that thing because you're just tired. Bah, 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 bah. Thank you for nodding, some of you, not leaving me on my own up here. Um, so some of that is, um, some of that's up to me to deal with. Okay, it's a really practical thing that ultimately helps my well-being and my connection to God. You work in a context where there are lots of people in there that, is it the case that for some of those people, had they made some different decisions, the pathway from that point onwards may have not led them into your path? I think it's critical about decisions because, I mean, for instance, I've just had cancer cut out of my face. I have to suck five tablets a day, high cholesterol, high, um, high blood pressure, gout, all inherited from my dad. Despite being a fitness fanatic, those are things I just got. And you just got to deal with it. Post 50, you start coming up with all kinds of things that just start appearing, skin cancer and all those things. But you know what? That's just tough. Life um, dishes out all kinds of things that God's got nothing to do with. It's not him who's perpetrated it. It's not he's in, you know, it's not God unleashing something on me because I've been a bad boy. The fact is, stuff happens. But the important thing is with the decision-making is as quickly as you can, find out where God is in the situation. What's his expectation of you? What's his expectation of me? And then do what you need to do. So I need to take five tablets a day. 
Yeah. If I don't take those tablets, I'm asking for trouble. And I did one day. I forgot to take the high blood pressure test and, uh, and the tablets. And boy, oh boy, did I experience all kinds of repercussions the next day. So we just got to do what we can do. I often say to people in the hospital, we do our best and God does the rest. But if we're not doing our best, um, then we're asking for trouble. And we sometimes can be incredibly silly. And let's say, well, the point I'm making with me having these ailments and illnesses, I was just the other day getting a prostate test, had a VOCTR scan. Wow, that was exciting. I don't want to do that again in a hurry. Um, <laughs> lying still for 30 minutes and trying not to you know, live in this confined little area. The point I'm making is um, I'm not better than anyone else. Um, I just try and do the best with what I've got and be the best husband and father God's called me to be and be a man of God that Jesus can look down on me at any time and say, hey, that's my boy. So how much, how much do we see what we are today as being the fruit of what we ate, did, and spoke yesterday? Tried to think of a way not to offend everybody. <laughs> um, <clears throat> not something I'm great at. Uh, honestly, all the time. Um, I, there was a, I listened to a podcast recently, and I've sent this phrase to a few people and always attributed it to the lady in the podcast, just so we can be clear it's not necessarily me. Um, and it's, and it's, she said about your current thoughts are perfectly designed to deliver your current outcomes. And that is so true. Um, and I think that one of the things that God has gone, this is what Stephen has been speaking about as well, one of the things that in our roles and, and other people who are working in similar type of roles working with people, if you know Jesus, your job, role, calling, whatever you want to label it, is absolutely to call those thoughts that are not going to be helpful out. And that can be anything from people's identity and who they are and big stuff like that to why are you walking past the pub every day on the way to work? Like, why would you do that when you know that that's a problem for you? Your current thoughts are perfectly designed to deliver your current outcomes. And, and I think that in, in roles that we are doing, mm. we have to be able to point people towards a new and a different future. Mm. And yes, that might involve five tablets a day. Fine. Like, if that, that's it, great. Well, then you're not sick anymore because you're doing what's needed and you can move into that. I think we spend a lot of time... Again, I, don't, I honestly don't want people to be offended by what I'm saying. Actually, I experience a lot of people, actually personally and professionally, where the bar is so low for life. And when I talk about life, I mean the life in its fullness yeah. and in its abundance yeah. with joy and excitement. And the bar is so low. And they're like, well, I'm grateful for what I've got. And I'm like, okay, great. Sure. Be thankful. Absolutely. Please always be grateful and thankful. But being thankful for what you have is not the pinnacle of what Jesus has designed for you. And if you live in a space where you, you think that what you have... Is, is great and you're grateful for that you'll always stay where you are and maybe you are grateful for that honestly I would suggest for 99% of us 
if you want to stay exactly where you are for the rest of your life, you probably are not experienced the fullness of Jesus. I, I just don't believe that because that is not the Jesus that we see in the Bible. He was there. He's moving forward. He's bringing better and more and, and more joy and more excitement and more fullness of life. So, you know, Chris this morning said something about in Psalm 100, it says he is so loving it will amaze you. I had a client the other week. I, did a, I had to do a housing assessment for him. It's a fairly standard piece of work for me. He was absolutely in crisis. He's like, this is never going to work. You're never going to be able to get me a house. You're never this, da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, well, we'll just see. I'll do my job. We'll just see what happens, right? Um, he was then offered not just one flat. He was offered two flats, and he got to choose which house he moved to. Like, yeah. that is Jesus. His current thought was, I am never going to get a house, and I'm going to be street homeless. No, that's not, that's not what Jesus designed and not what Jesus intended. But actually, his current thought was that. And so, honestly, without Jesus, that probably would have been. And, and Jesus arrived in his life in, it, with, through me, turning up, doing an assessment, honestly, as well. And this is just the graciousness of Jesus. It was not one of my finest pieces of work. It is busy in social services these days. And as I did it, I was like, oh, man. And I prayed as I literally clicked send because, honestly, it was not my finest piece of work. And I thought, gosh, that we might actually have a bit of a problem here. And Jesus takes that and he moves it on. So, sorry, I can't remember what the actual beginning of the question was. But, yeah, your current thoughts are perfectly designed to deliver your current outcomes. And I think we try and live and work in a place where actually we are calling those current thoughts out of people and actually challenging them and saying, is that what you want to carry on seeing? And most of the time it's not. And would, would you, in your years of chaplaincy and life with all kinds of people, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And just believing that, um, you know, your outcomes are going to be very affected by what your input has been. And sometimes just choosing not to go down roads, as you said, whether it's you've got an issue with alcohol. My father was an alcoholic. Um, one of the reasons why at the age of 20, I decided, 21, I decided to stop myself. Uh, but that was for me. It was a decision for me. Maybe someone else here is perfectly able to handle their liquor. That's fine. But if you know you've got a, a, an inclination towards it, I promised myself that if I got drunk, I would stop drinking. So I got drunk on my 21st, thought about this, had made a decision already, now I decide to enact it, so I'll stop drinking. Bang, simple as that. So that's no longer a problem in my life. I don't need to be fearful that I might end up an alcoholic like my dad was because I don't touch this stuff. And so just along the lines of what Vicky is saying is that prevention is better than cure. Um, whatever you need to do to get your life lined up with God. And again, I just want to qualify that thing when I said you do your best. I'm not talking about a works program. You can't no. work your way to heaven. It's the gift of grace and the mercy of God to give it to us, uh, a relationship with him for eternity. But you can work your way to being more healthy, fitter, absolutely. Yeah. whatever that looks yeah, like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, um, in Galatians, I think it's chapter 6, uh, Galatians is a, a book in the New Testament. It's a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. He says, um, God cannot be mocked whatever a person sows that's what they reap. Yeah. Sowing and reaping is written throughout the Bible. 
and, and it's written into nature. I mean, if I plant um, strawberry plant seeds, I, I'm, I'm banking on getting a strawberry plant, right? I mean, yeah. this isn't rocket science stuff. What, what, whatever you plant, whatever you sow, that will be the thing that you end up reaping now. I understand you can plant a strawberry plant, get a strawberry plant, and you also get a whole bunch of weeds, right? I know because this is life. This is, the, yeah. this is the skin cancer and the other things that, like, you, have to, you, you just have to deal with those. You have to yank the weeds out and all that kind of thing. But I, I feel, it's really interesting. I didn't know it was going to go like this this morning. But I, there is that sheer practicality of what both of these um, guys have been talking about, which is... I reckon for probably all of us, I know for me, but I reckon probably most people here, the only, the only thing that is probably in the way of you being able to take your life up a level is being able to say, to sacrifice short-term pleasure for long-term gain. Amen. It's called self-discipline. Mm -hmm. And you just learn to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I really want to do that, but I'm not going to do that because later down the road, I will regret that. So my better decision is, is to say no. It's nearly always no, isn't it? Unfortunately, it's nearly always no. <laughs> but there is a yes as well. Oh, I'm not really in the mood for hanging out with Jesus. I'm just tired. I've earned the right to sit in front of the telly. Whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's nothing wrong, in, wrong with it. But what we sow is what we reap, right? Could I comment on that and just say... One of the things that I, I've preached often on is that if you get so busy doing the do's, you're not going to have time for the don'ts, or at least have an inclination to do the don'ts. I mean, one of the things that I really try to work hard at is my fitness. I'm still a bit overweight now, so that's going to be sorted before I get to Spain and go on the beach ever again. <laughs> now, I promised Miles and I just said that we're not heading anywhere near on any holidays from England, because now we've got the money for the first time in our lives until I get my weight down. And I get my six-pack back. When I'm, that, I'm not sure if that's ever going to happen. It's there. It's there. It's, <laughs> it's just under your, it's just, it's it's under your party so well pack. for years, you know. <laughs> but the point I'm making is Els and I run three times a week. Um, we eat healthy. Um, we make sure that our mental space is good. Um, we love each other dearly. We play games all the time. We've got huge, wonderful play games? family. Yeah, we play all kinds of games. We play chess. Oh. Every time we sit down. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's improving okay, health yeah. and well-being too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. chess. Yep, good. Yeah, yeah. We play chess, backgammon, um, the train game, Catan, you name it. We love playing games. And just about every meal, we sit down and we play games together. It's just so nice. We really enjoy each other. One second. Does anyone else do that? Oh. Someone at the back. Brilliant. Excellent. Nobody else. Nick's always trying to get me to play games. It's just pointless. Anyway. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'd say Stephen and Elsa's marriage. Are that, can I then jump in there? That's actually a really good point. So one of the things I... I I've got my phone here because I wrote down a couple of things that I thought Jesus was saying to me this week. And actually, this, all, you know, this comes back to having a space where you feel mm. like you belong and you can contribute. And actually, one of the very best things any of us can do to improve our health and well-being is get around people whose health and well-being is better than yours mm, or right. is something that you want to aspire to. Honestly, if I can be... How long have you been married? 37 years. 37 years. Chris and I are... Eight, 17 years? Yeah. Wow, that's tricky. <laughs> 2004? 
oh gosh, embarrassing. Anyway, 18-ish years in. And you know what? We love each other dearly. But do I want that at 37 years as well? So do you know what? I go to Stephen and Else and I say, how do you do that? And you get around people and you only get around people who are further along than you and have uh, better health and well-being than you by being in places where you're going to find those people. If you're going to go to the same places with the same people where you all, again, hear this right, hear this from my heart rather than the actual words, Just where you're all going to have a little pity party, yeah. that's, that's where you're going to stay. And, 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 and that's not to say you shouldn't, with trusted, close friends, talk about the stuff that is hard. Absolutely, you should. But then they, at the end of that conversation, are saying, what's next? And what has Jesus got next? And so actually putting yourself in places where you see something in people and you see something that you want to get. Chris and I quite often will, um, we actually, they're not here this morning, I think they're away. Um, Michelle and Simon um, Pritchard, quite often we'll be like, we want to be like Michelle and Simon when we grow up because they have so much fun together. Um, and we're like, we want to achieve that. So we put ourselves in places where we're going to see things that are better than what we have now. Um, and I think that then speaks into this whole health and well-being thing. Actually, if you have joy and excitement and stuff in your life where you feel like you're valued, actually that improves your well-being. I had a client. I have a client at the moment that I'm working with, and quite frankly, she is a very angry lady. She has a lot of things to be very angry about. I don't doubt that for a second. Um, I managed, so she wants to do a course to essentially move on in life. Great. Her laptop is rubbish. I managed, it doesn't matter how, I managed to find her a laptop. And I gave her this laptop. And she cried. um, And she said, no one is ever that kind to me. Because she spends time with people who are not kind people. Um, And she said, and then if I can do that course, then maybe I can help someone else. And that, you know, it it wasn't the laptop that actually was the meaningful thing for her it was the fact that she would then be able to contribute towards something else and she was experiencing a different type of person so yeah get yourself around people that are actually gonna show you something different and or that have got something that you want and don't be afraid to ask I'm, I saw a, a lady once she's a nurse uh, by trade um, now a doctor and she was on a panel a little bit like this and I remember saying to Chris I was I want to see her. Like, I want to talk to her. I want what she's got. Yeah. So I just went up to her afterwards and I was like, hey, I want what you've got. And she was great. And we had like a few little mentoring sessions. She was absolutely brilliant at speaking into some of the stuff that when you work in the public sector and you're working with people that she understood in a a way and and knew Jesus and, and could speak into that. But ask. But like, if they say no, great, go find someone else. I'm on what you've got. Can I just mention that, um, similar to what you just said, uh, one of the ministers who, in fact, he led my mom to the Lord, and I got saved in his church by the youth group, the Methodist youth group I was in. And Derek Jolliffe retired, obviously, much earlier than I did, in a sense. And um, so I went to him because God told me to. And I went to him and I said, Derek, the Lord has asked me or told me to come and ask if you would be kind enough to, to just do an Elijah, Elisha thing and just pray over me that I would be able to get a double blessing, double anointing 
of what you've had and what I've watched through all these years. Because eventually I ended up working underneath him and, and he was my superintendent minister. And he just looked at me like, weird. I went, okay, let's do that. And he prayed for me. And, you know, Derek had never been a fantastic preacher. Um, in fact, he didn't enjoy pastoring too much either. But he had one gift which I needed the anointing for and was really hungry for. He had the most amazing ability to organize people the right people into the right positions. Wow. He had this incredible leadership ability to just, in whatever church he ran, find the individuals who had the gifting, put them in place, made sure the finances were there, and those churches took off like a rocket. And lots and lots of people like me got saved along the years, 30, 40 years in the ministry. I just looked, and of all the gifting, I had one bishop who was an amazing Irishman who could, he didn't kiss the Blarney Stone, he swallowed it, you know, <laughs> he was so eloquent, he was just amazing, amazing preacher, but when push came to shove, Renee the American <laughs> is about the Blarney Stone, oh, we'll cover that later, <laughs> so when push came to shove, the, the gifting that I wanted mostly wasn't more eloquence, it was the ability to see the potential in people, yeah. put them in the right place and help train them to become absolutely amazing for God. That's something that I really hanker for. I think that um, we're going to start the glide path into landing in a minute. But what... Switch angle. Sometimes we can ask God to bail us out of just a series of bad decisions we've made. And, and God's really kind. And he's really faithful. Um, and uh, it, I haven't got a piece of wood. A nice random. Don't worry. I'll do it on my iPad. One second. I will just, <laughs> will just shut the iPad. Um, so this is what we can often do in my experience. And I've been a pastor for uh, I don't know how many years now. Um, anyway, I meet so many people doing this. And they're going like this. Well, I've been praying for God to take my headache away. I ju he just won't take my headache away. It's just, can you pray for me to take my headache away? Well, I'm sure, if you like. You know, that hasn't worked either. I meet people, they've been doing that for years. You're like, have you, have you ever, ever thought about stop smacking your head? Maybe, you know, I know it doesn't sound very spiritual. I haven't had to even fast over this one. Like, we don't need to call all elders together from across the town. How about you just stop smacking your own head? Oh, I, I, you know, I'm just... Uh, can you pray for me? I've been really struggling with my weight. Um, eat less? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. And of course, it's not, it's not consistent. It's not that straightforward. But sometimes it is that straightforward. Oh, do you know, I just, keep, uh, I just keep going and like being really tempted to take drugs. Well, who are you hanging out with? Oh, a load of people who take drugs. Hmm... I'm going to go away and fast and pray about that. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm going to say, don't hang out with those people. Mm. Like there's some, this isn't criticism. Gosh, I have, I have it in my own life. I, as these guys were saying, we are, the, we are the fruit of our yesterdays. And what we invest in, God, God can't be mocked. Whatever we sow, that's what we're going to reap. If you haven't got much um, self-discipline, start sowing some self-discipline. And then you'll find it easier at a, at a later date, and gradually that self-discipline muscle will grow. And I, I sensed this morning that I, did, I didn't know it was going to go this way. I thought it might go down the miracles route, 
um, because God's just so kind and he, and he does that as well. But actually, there are some people sometimes who live better with common sense than they do with spiritual sense. Is that not... I, I, I see that over and over with so many people. So I think, I think God is inviting us this morning to right where you are, I would love us each to think about what is the one, what is one key change that we would love to see? Don't say, do you know, whatever you want. What is the one key change you would love to see? Don't go something totally outlandish like I would like to be on the Swedish volleyball team or something, you know, like... My days are done. My days are done. I'm sad to say. But what, what is the thing for you that you would love to see in your life? Just take a moment with that now. Holy Spirit, just speak to people's hearts. Help them to have clarity of thought in this moment. Now, sometimes we can't see the thing because we've got so used to living with it that we spend our life walking around it. What is one thing that you would love to see change in your life? And then while you're in that space, Holy Spirit speaking, things are coming to mind. What can you do? I need to get to bed earlier. And then I realized I was getting to bed, but it was then that I was sorting out the washing in the bedroom and checking the news and what's the weather tomorrow and blah, 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 blah. So the simple answer is put your phone down. That's, that's, that's what I need to do. And then I find out Liverpool have played and I want to see what the score is, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, that thing. So believe it or not, the thread, when you work it back, if I want to, get, if I want to have a better relationship with Jesus, I need to put my phone down at night. How super unspiritual does that sound? What is God saying to you? What can you do? Could be simple. It could be so straightforward, a tiny thing. Just stay in that place. The good news is that when God says he can't be mocked, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Sowing and reaping is written into life. The great thing is that if you start to sow something different, you will reap something different. It's not a might. It's not, it's not a possible. Literally, God has said, this is how it works. It's a law. You sow this, you'll get this. I wonder, Vic, would you mind just praying for us while we're in this space and God's speaking to us about these things? Can we stand up? This is like a dynamic thing. Yeah, let's do, <coughs> let's do that. Social workers love to just get a bit of movement and... Thank you, God. 
it has like it has to be dynamic. There has to be movement. There has to be movement towards Jesus. Thank you, God. So we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the seeds that you have planted in people's minds today. And Jesus, I pray particularly this morning for anybody who has forgotten what it's like to not have that illness or live in that space of addiction or be in that bad relationship or just be stuck. Yes. I know there are people here who have forgotten what life outside of that looks like. Yes. And so, Lord, I pray for sparks. Come on. I pray that you've, like, got some kind of kindling kicking around, which is sparking off memories of times when the illness was not the identity. Yes. And for people who have never had that, Gosh, fan that into flame, Lord Jesus, Come on. this morning. Come on. Send your Holy Spirit, Lord yes. Jesus, to give dreams and visions yes. about what life is in the fullness of Jesus. Yes, God. Where people's identity is in being a son and daughter of the King not being sick, not being a carer, not being the person that always lets other people down, not being an addict, not being whatever that thing is. Thank you, God. God, and we also just in this moment, we need to finish, but we we just want to break any condemnation off people. God um, brings conviction Condemnation says you're defined by what you've done. But conviction says you're not what you're doing. And God, you're inviting, we we break that off. You're inviting us into a a different space. It's the enemy just trying to hold people back. God, that there is no guilt or shame with you. you. You make that absolutely clear. God, we all have junk. We all have stuff that we're dealing with. And I thank you that there is the power of your Holy Spirit can break these things. And we can step into everything you have for us. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.